Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, you are listening to Talking Metal, and on today's episode, we will be listening to the most recent episode of Metal Raps with Mitch Joel, Mitch LaFon, and myself. Here we go. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode number 26 of Metal Raps. As always, I am Mitch Joel, and I'm joined by Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. Mark, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Mitch. We're, we're, we're getting to that edge of not being able to say that. but this Yeah, is- well, I don't know what the official cutoff is, but we're, we're definitely halfway through January here, so... I think it's okay because it's our first time doing a show in 2016, so... Right on. To go with that, and also one-on-one with Mitch LaFon, Mitch LaFon. Yeah, hello, hello. I, I think we should be saying Happy Valentine's Day at this point. <laughs> it's also strange because we're always emailing and texting each other. So it's like you, you sort of put on this faux show thing of like, hey, we haven't spoken in so long. And here right. we are. Right. But yeah. here we are. And, you know, it, look, so much has actually happened since the last time we recorded. And now biggest one for sure impacting, I think, all of our lives. Maybe we have different levels of love of the music. But Lemmy from Motorhead passing, which was um, – it, it, I mean, look, we had David Bowie who, who died, and for me, that was it was really shocking because I don't think it, it, it was sort of like known that he was sick or right. that he, he may not make it. Lemmy was always one of those guys where every year you hear that they have a new album or they're going on tour, and you're like, he's still – he's Lemmy, right? Like it's that old Keith Richards joke. Like we're going to have to start really thinking about the world we want to leave for Lemmy and Keith Richards because um, these guys just sort of kept going. and. You know, sure enough, Lemmy, Lemmy did pass away, and it was—I don't know. I mean, e- even with it not being a surprise, I have to say it was one of those deaths that really, um, for me at least, it struck me at my core. I, I, I was never a huge Motorhead fan. I always respected them. I always knew and understood their place in metal. I had the pleasure of interviewing you know, a lot of the guys in the band, including Lemmy, many times over the years. And it's just sort of like you just always think he's going to be there. And I think that's what it is, is, that he's just, you know, he's not and he's gone. And they were so active. And even when he was sick and went back to tour and new album and I don't know, it really made me go back and listen and, and for sure newfound appreciation for all of the stuff that uh, that, that band did. And, and wow, was there some crazy great music. Um, Mark, how, what were your thoughts on it? 
Yeah, it it was it was uh definitely rattled me and and I would you know, it did surprise me a little bit because I, I knew he was sick and you know he wasn't he was canceling shows and stuff, but he had just had this big star studded seventieth uh birthday party at the rainbow and and I just found it um you know shocking that that he went so so fast i mean uh, it, it sounds like the the cancer was only recently diagnosed and and that he went downhill uh, very fast uh, even hearing ozzy you know said he got the word that that lemmy was going to be leaving us and and he didn't even have time to get down there by the time he got in the car and drove down there, it was too late. Lemmy was gone and uh, just a, such an amazing figure. And, and, you know, so much uh, a part of the metal scene, but a guy who always refused to be categorized as metal, which, you know, a lot of the old timers for whatever reason had their issue with, with the, the term heavy metal, but he never wanted to be known as heavy metal. You know, we're motorhead and we play rock and roll. And, uh, really when you listen to a lot of that motorhead, which I, I've been going back and, and revisiting a lot of it too, it really was rock and roll. A lot of it, you know, it was, it was, uh, dirty and loud, but it was still true to the stuff that little Richard put in place. Yeah, and his playing too. The, you know, we, we you can sort of look at trios, whether it's Rush and and or Motorhead, and the dynamics of what it takes to be a trio. And again, a guy who just, you know, for me, it's a double whammy because of the bass playing thing. Didn't get a chance to get him on the No Trouble podcast, and right. sort of the stuff that I think a lot about. It. You watch how he played that thing, and man, he played that thing like like a, a very evil guitar. I mean, really, yeah. he was doing a lot of playing and sounds and. Just the way that his literally his amp head was configured, and, and the attack just, of the pick. Oh man, oh man! That's a guy. You know, you listen to a song like Overkill, or, or I mean, that's that's you can't play that with with fingers. At least in my opinion, you can't. I mean, that's a that's a that's a pick just attacking those strings, and always the slight distortion on the bass made made that a, a really unique bass sound too. And his voice. I mean, you, you can hear a million tributes to to them, and it just nothing sounds like those three guys at whatever configuration they had at any given time. But Lemmy's voice and that bass was just overwhelming. Mitch, you, you, I think you you probably sit on the further side of of the more poppy hair metal spectrum than True. Mark and I probably do. What did it mean to you? Well, you know, a lot of things. Uh, first of all, I got to interview Lemmy this year, well, in 2015, and it was just always a pleasure to, to hear him. And, and I have a story of when I got to hang out with him for a day. You know, they came and played in Montreal, and I was the runner. I went to go get him at the hotel. I drove him around, and uh, he was just so very kind. You, you had this perception that you know, with, with the memorabilia that he was collecting and, and the, the drinking and this, that he would be this hard-ass son of a gun. And he was so incredibly nice. You know, there was a little bit of snow that day, and he goes, I booked this tour so that we wouldn't be in snow. What the hell is this? And and he was complaining about that. And then, you know, I, I was the runner, and he, and he said, come on into the dressing room. And I sat in the dressing room the entire night. He said, I just hang out. And he had his two bottles of vodka going, and he had the girls going, and and... He just, oh, no, just stick around. Then I said, well, I'm going to go out and watch the show. And he said, no, 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 just come on the stage. And st he, he didn't have to do any of that. And, and it just, it, the perception of this 
angry, nasty guy with the, the two things on his face, and and he was like a kitty kitty cat. And uh, that that's what it meant to me to go to look back and just think, you know, that guy was just a decent guy, and he just he just was a hard worker, and uh, you know. And he was a. a, a solid friend to Ozzy Osbourne and yeah. a lot of people. And he was, he was, he was old school, uh, in that he would never sell you out to a stranger. He always had your back. And I witnessed this in person back in the probably, I don't know, 94, maybe 95, probably 94. I, I, uh, was at, a bar in New York with, with my friend who I do talking metal with John astronomy, John Ostrowski. And we were at the bar and two, two young guys in our, our like early twenties and Lemmy rolls into the bar and, uh, by himself, you know, and this is, he'd already written the no more tears record with Ozzy and written songs with Ozzy and was really probably at the top of, uh, of his game in a lot of ways, at least as far as being recognized in public and stuff at this time. And, uh, he, we approached him and we said, Hey, you, you want to do a shot with us? And he said, uh, he said, sure. He said, and, and, Believe it or not, it wasn't Jack Daniels. He requested tequila that night. Uh, we did tequila shots with him. And then he asked us, he said, do you want to play some pinball? And there was a pinball machine in there. We, we hung out with him. We played pinball. And I, at this time, um, Ozzy had just announced, he had first announced that he was going to reunite with Sabbath. And then he, then he announced that he wasn't going to reunite with Sabbath. And I said to, to Lemmy, I said, uh, well, your friend Ozzy, like it, it really sucks. He's not going to reunite with Black Sabbath. We were all rooting for that. And he said to me, he's like, well, why should he? he he's Ozzy. He doesn't need to reunite with Sabbath. And he defended, which was a very unpopular decision at that time. He defended Ozzy's decision to not reunite with, with Sabbath. I remember he, he said, you had, you had, um, you had 10 years to see Ozzy in that band and, and you didn't go and now you want to see him. And I, I didn't explain to him that Ozzy had left Sabbath when I was like eight, eight or nine years old, you know, but, uh, yeah. but still it, it, he, he, he was very passionate about, about Ozzy and, uh, his friendship with Ozzy, which it, I, I think speaks volumes about his personality. Totally unpretentious. And, and the other thing that it brings out for me is that, you know, this, this whole rock and roll thing's very finite and, you know, when you look at all the criticism that's online about this band, this that, and their show tonight sucked, and I, I think we should, we we've gotten to a point where we we need to start appreciating uh, the heroes that are still out there and say, hey, you know what? Maybe Kiss is not the four guys, but let's go enjoy the show. Maybe Metallica's a little slower than in 1983, but let's just let's just go enjoy it and stop bitching and moaning all the time because it's not going to be here in, in 20 years. We might not have much of a show if we do that, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm talking about fans on Facebook, of course. Just them. We can do whatever we want, right? Um, no, but it, it does show that, that this is all finite, and, and we should just appreciate it because we, we seem to appreciate after they're gone. Oh, look at David Bowie's number one now because he's passed away. Lemmy, top ten single now because maybe we should do that before they pass away. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I think there's something, yeah, and there is something to be said about that because it is true. I mean, I think we all sort of feel that, and then you sort of lament the death, and then you dig in. I, I'll be the first to admit that I, I'm for sure sucked into the vortex of Motorhead's music and and Bowie's music more than I had been in in years. Speaking to what you were saying though, in that sort of friendship thing, 
they live streamed the funeral over YouTube, which I thought was incredible. By the way, um, a video was up of it for a little bit while, for a little while, and then it went private. And then I thought, oh, maybe the family didn't want it there, or something happened. But it's back online on on Motorhead's official uh, YouTube page. You can check it out. It's over two hours long. And and speaking precisely to the stories that both of you were talking about, which is a sort of, I guess the the kindness, but, but behind the craziness. Um, I was really impressed with Lars's story about I didn't know any of this stuff but if you don't know this the history between Lars and Lemmy in Motorhead I'm not going to do a spoiler alert here go and watch if you watch anything just Lars's story about him and Lemmy and it really is a testament to to the way you know both of you guys were explaining uh the situation and totally crazy so in 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 other news and things that have come to an end we know that Motley Crue in the time that we uh, took a little break, the tour finally did come to an end. A little bit of snafu. Tommy Lee's drum kit didn't work on the last night. There's all this sort of craziness in YouTube videos around that. But I saw a bunch of videos of Vince Neil telling his story and Nikki Six talking live on stage where uh, it got pretty emotional. And I thought for, for, for someone from my end where I thought, um, you know, I'm not sure if I really am going to miss them all that much. When I watched some of those clips from that final show in LA, I thought, oh, maybe I should have gone to catch that show. And it spilled me back in to listen to my old uh, Motley Crue discography. I don't know. Yeah. Mark? Yeah. I just, uh, it, you know, I saw them back like a year and a half ago at, at Madison Square Garden on the farewell tour, which I, again, I've already stated, I think it went on too long. But, but now that it's finally over, you know, it, 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 I, I watched some of the clips online and just read about the, the final shows. And it's, it's kind of sad to, to sad, think right? that, that, that I've lost this part of, of, uh, of, of my life, which was such a big, big emotional thing for me. That band especially is just so important to me as a, as a young kid. And, and, uh, I'm never gonna be able to go see them on stage uh, those four guys ever again at least so they say um and i believe you it believe, you be, yeah, we, yeah we talked about this where i think we both believe it i just feel like they may not tour but they might play again together like there might be a show or two or a charity thing so right that's exactly what i agree i agree with that totally because the wording said we will not do a tour they never said they wouldn't play the super bowl or they wouldn't play you know the, the the new Las Vegas arena, or, right? Uh, so I think I think if the money's right, they might come out and do a show or three songs. Or I don't think they're they're gone for good, but still, you know, it's 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 the new uh, the new way, right? Black Sabbath is doing the exact same thing, so it's it's kind of sad. But thank God we have YouTube; we can go watch them at the US Festival forever. Right on. But, but also with that. Um, there was a little thing that came out in the media that I, I was actually really surprised about. On Facebook, I see these black and white pictures of Mick Mars in the yeah. studio. And just, by the way, just, just Mick Mars being in the studio really surprised me. I just thought, you know, maybe out of all the guys, and we know, you know, he's definitely got, he's definitely frail in the sense of he's got some serious health conditions that he's dealing with that none of us could probably even imagine. There he is in the studio. So I thought, well, that's interesting because he, he was pretty vocal about saying, you know, he's got the next thing lined up. He wants to go for it, blah, 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 blah. And there he is with John Karabi. And I, it really made my head spin. Like I, I really couldn't believe it. I thought, wow, that, that would be I think, really interesting if John Karabi is suddenly playing with Mick Mars, which is 
obviously something that's happening here. Yeah, Mitch? that's that. Oh, go ahead, Mitch. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it is happening. They're they're down in Nashville, and it's going to sound great. Uh, you know, John and, and on that '94 album was fantastic. It, it got the Scream was an amazing band too. I mean, John is an amazing performer. Yeah, and Mick really likes him. Mick always liked him. And the music that Mick is doing is not this sort of weird industrial stuff. It's this straightforward rock and roll. And John is the voice for that. He's the perfect voice for that. So I'm very, very excited. And I love the fact that they're letting people know. They're, they're posting pictures on Mick Mars's Facebook. They're, they're giving updates. And it's just really cool. It's really cool. And, you know, he's been working on stuff for a while because I know Andy from Black Veil Brides has, has done music with him. But that he revealed that on Talking Metal like three years ago. And at that point, it sounded like that had already happened a year before he revealed it. So uh, I know Mick's got a lot of stuff uh, that he's been working on for a while now. And I hope it's sooner than later that we... Uh, we hear it's this year new music from them. yeah yeah i, think, I know daryl mcdaniels too did something with them in the studio which i think would is probably going to be used for daryl's record not mix but uh yeah so interesting well when i'm at nam this week i'm gonna hopefully run into one already who played in the scream and i'm gonna see if he knows anything or maybe karabi nice. will be there and i'll ask him directly who knows um so let's talk a little bit about Axel and Guns N' Roses, we've, we've all sort of had our opinions about how things are going. And obviously there has been this announcement, uh, announcement that, Mitch, you've been in the media a ton for because <laughs> I, guess, I guess you were putting out enough chum that all the fish came biting eventually. Um, <laughs> but what I found most interesting about this whole thing, because I think we all know where I sit on this uh, stadiums versus arenas versus how long before this implodes type of thinking, is big announcements going to happen where on Jimmy Kimmel and – Axel's no-show, cancels. Mitch, you're the one who seems to know everything. What's going on here? I, I get it that it was just a, a postponement and that it just wasn't the proper time. That's my best guess. What does that mean, though? Like, that's the, the silly... It's out. It's in the media. It's announced. Coachella, yeah. they're playing. What? What does that mean? It's not a good time. Well, He's I busy say, what? Well, Coachella was put out, and they all tweeted about it and Facebooked about it, and I think there's just more shows coming out, and... They just thought, okay, well, we don't have them lined up or whatever it was, and let's just wait, which is yeah. fine. And, and, but Axel's always done that. It's, it's part of the mystery. Guns N' Roses has always been about the mystery. This is not new behavior. In fact, had he shown up on, a, on, on Jimmy Kimmel, we would have gone, oh, he's keeping to a schedule? Oh, that's so not right. <laughs> you know. So it's, it's perfectly Axel and created press, which is what the whole point is, right? Mm, Mark, yeah. I, I think I think there's there's some interesting stuff going on here, and and one thing is that that first press release, really, I guess the only press release at this point, uh, mentions three names and three names only: Slash, Axel, and Duff. And I found it very strange that there were there were um, no other names announced, and I can't help but wonder if they are still a trying to figure out who the other people involved are going to be uh and, or or b maybe they already know and they're just you know um keeping that under wraps for whatever reason i'm not sure but uh but but yeah yeah i think um 
I think it's going to be great. I'd, I'd love to see uh, those three guys on stage together, and whether it's more of the guys that we know from the Chinese democracy era, era playing with him, or more old familiar faces involved. Uh, I'm in either way. I'm very excited about it. Well, you guys are both. I'm going to have to tag along because I'm. I don't know if I'm in, but I'll. Ta- I'll be, I'm happy to be a tag along for this. You need Axel and Slash. Everything else is. I'm not with you on this. No, I don't agree. Cherry I'm, on I'm, top. I'm, I think there's a lot of chatter, though, that the people there were a number of people on the message boards and the and Facebook and stuff that I saw that were like, "What? It's only those three guys, you know?" And they want to see some of those other old familiar faces in, involved. For me, I'm fine with just those three, but I do I, I do think that there is a a big, you know, the more people I talk to, the more people, more comments I read, I, I I am I am hearing from people out there in the general public who want more familiar faces. And if this is an eight, nine person band, I think it's going to lose some of the energy. That's part of the thing that people have to remember about a reunion with these guys. There's an energy and a power, that punk side of it. I don't want things to get lost in this sort of user illusion world. That's just my, my, my perception. I think if it gets into that sort of big keyboardy stuff it's gonna it's gonna lose its energy to me at least it's how it feels yeah well the question is 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 this a a revisiting of the past where they're gonna um just you know focus on the old stuff kind of like kiss did on the 1996 tour or is this is this gonna be the guns and roses that has existed you know back in in the 2000s and even back into the 90s but now suddenly slash and and Duff are back in that unit, or is this just a, a, a retro uh, type of celebration? Let's remember the past type of type of thing. I, I don't know. So give so, me appetite, start to finish. I'm good. Right, right. <laughs> That'll probably happen. I, I, I would, I would suspect because you know the 30th anniversary is coming next year, so people are going to want to hear more of that stuff. It's a show that I want. So. Um, busy week coming up for me, but I'd love to hear what's going to be happening with Talking Metal because here we are in the beginning of a new year. So, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think, and and this, I don't know how much this means to you guys, but for for a lot of our listeners, it's it's uh, it's been um, a topic of discussion that for the last year, the guy who I started the podcast with and uh, have had a long relationship with, John John Ostrowski, aka John Astronomy, as he's known to the Talking Metal listeners, had has disappeared off of Talking Metal. He's he's vanished, and I'm proud to say that he's now back in the fold for the last two episodes. He tells me he's back in the fold permanently, and it's just just. The guy's been such a good friend to me that I have to say having him back on the show and and talking to him in front of the microphones has been really refreshing and uh, great. And I'm I'm so psyched to have my friend back on 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 the show after uh, having missed him for the last year. So that's that's kind of uh, I'm assuming that's going to continue for for 2016. I don't know that he'll be on every episode, but I do expect him to be on 75% of the episodes. At least that's what he's telling me. So that's been, that's been big news for me personally. And also for, for some of the longtime talking metal listeners, any specific guests that have been lined up Uh, that you're looking forward to or too early to tell. Um, eh, 
<laughs> we had Doug Goldstein on, thanks to to Mitch Lafon. John and nice. I met up with him, and that was great. And Mike Orlando was there, and it was old school talking metal at a at a bar, just hanging out and 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 talking rock and metal. So that that was a lot of fun. That was uh, the last episode of Talking Metal. Come coming up, uh, I'm working on a few things that I won't say yet because they're not locked in. But oh. uh, the next episode, I think we have uh, we have CJ from Drowning Pool, which. Eh. Sorry, yeah, that's pretty cool. For sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's have, good. have more energy for it, Mitch. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. What's coming up on one on one? Oh, I, tons of stuff. I, I've got a rival sons interview that that's going to go up this week, and and I've got Great White coming up and stuff. But more importantly, I've got Kirk Hammett of Metallica coming up. It'll be my second interview with him. My first since two thousand nine. And I'm stoked. I don't care what he talks about. He can give me cooking recipes. We could talk about how to make a burrito properly. It doesn't matter. It's Kirk from Metallica. Customized guitars. There's tons of horror movies. I know. I mean, well, in fact, we're going to talk about his KHDK electronic uh, pedal uh, that's coming out. He's going to be, you know, displaying it at NAMM and stuff. And that's very exciting. And, of course, the guitars uh, and some maybe some Metallica news in there. But, listen, if he wants to talk to me about the Golden Girls episode... I'm good. <laughs> Whatever Kirk wants is what is what Kirk gets. So I'm good with that. Well, I'll be working on 12 new episodes of Groove the No Trouble podcast. We launched our first one of the new year actually on the 5th with Felix Pastorius, famed son of, of Jacko Pastorius nice. and also just an amazing bass player in and of himself for sure. And um, yeah, I'm heading to NAM this week, the National Association of Music Merchants. Uh, Have you been before, Mitch? Now, this is like, a, you know, Mark, you and I have talked to, this is like, the, you know, when you're 13, you keep looking at Metal Edge and everyone's at NAM, everyone's at NAM, so I can't wait. This is totally like, I'm excited. I'm going to be represented with the No Trouble crew. going to cool. be a ton of fun. There's a bass bash I'm heading to. I'm going to try and make my way over to this Bonzo bash and Randy Rhodes remembered. Um, and it's just a who's who of all the people we love talking about. So I will be on recon for this show. And I will hopefully lock in some uh, some great conversations for us to have uh, in the next episode. But before we bail on everybody, what are we listening to? I'll throw it over to Mitch first. What are you listening to? Uh, a new band out of the UK called Inglorious. And their, their debut album is called Inglorious. It actually comes out at the end of February. And it's, it, it pretty much is the entire 70s UK scene wrapped into this one album. It has UFO influences, Thin Lizzy influences, White Snake, early Judas Priest. Um, it, it sounds like Glenn Hughes, and it, it's just a fantastic album. It just just really brings me back. So I can't wait for folks to actually be able to purchase it and, and hear it online. Spotify has three singles up that you can check out for now. So Inglorious by the band Inglorious is what I've got spinning in my ears. Nice, Mark. Well, you know, speaking of Motorhead, uh, I hadn't listened to Bad Magic, mm-hmm. the 2015 record by Motorhead, that much. I'd heard a couple tracks, but since Lemmy's passing, I have dove into this record. It's a record that Slash had mentioned he loved when it, when it came out, and uh, my friend Joey over at the Rock Strikes 10 podcast had all, also suggested it to uh, myself and the Talking Metal listeners as one of the best records of 2015. And and Joey's right. It's a great record, and it's uh, 
definitely something that everyone who loves Lemmy should check out because it's his final work and he goes out with a bang on this record there is some some great stuff some some almost haunting stuff in a way when you when you think about what happened to him uh, like there's a song called till the end which I, I I gave me chills when I was listening to it you know after he passed and it's a it's a great collection of of classic sounding motorhead stuff it's the last motorhead record bad magic yeah if i were ever to say that you two are both my brothers from another mother that would have been you know that was on my list too for sure same feeling i was like i gotta go back and dig in deep with this album that people talked about and again it's like i feel like a jerk you sort of ignore it and then something tragic right. happens and you pay attention to it so for me it was that um yeah. i've also been listening to disturb uh, immortalized they do a crazy cover of simon and garfunkel's the sound of silence if you guys haven't heard this you got to check it out. It's absolutely amazing. Okay. Um, another band that I've been checking out is this band called Black Peaks. Uh, the album is called Statues. Really, really cool, heavy, super interesting band. And the last one is, is sort of in the same line as Motorhead, but I've jumped back to 1989 to the first album by a band called Tin Machine, which is actually uh, the first rock band that David Bowie said, I'm going to join now this band and be a part of this thing called Tin Machine with Love amazing guitars. Yeah, me too. Reeves Guevara. So crazy story, true story. That's where I met Bowie. The Tin Machine was playing in Montreal and I went to interview. I forget who it was. It wasn't Bowie. And then I was told to come by, hang out. Okay. And everybody was like, will Bowie be there? And sure enough, he was there. And very similar to the stories we've heard about Lemmy, spent about an hour just sort of backstage talking. And it was – it is like in my career of, of interviewing, I mean a lot of people from the late 80s all the way into the 2000s beyond, it was so – like you found yourself sort of talking to him like really close. And all right. you can, all your brain is doing is going, man, that's David Bowie. It's David Bowie. Like it was the craziest thing. So um, – And I Tin Machine of, was so, so good. Their second record is good too, which is kind of a lost classic. But that first yeah. one – under the God is on there. There's so many great songs. Crack City, which Space Hog covered. The Sales Brothers uh, backing him up uh, on that with the yeah. bass and drums. Soupy Sales Sons. Uh, such a such a great moment in Bowie's career that is is often overlooked. So definitely, thanks for bringing that up. And Hard Rockers. If you're like, oh, I don't like, you know, I don't like Low. I don't like uh, Let's Dance. Uh, you know, if you're a hard rocker and you like hard driven guitar rock definitely go back and check out david bowie's band from when mitch like the late 80s right yeah it was like 1989 or was early machine. 90s even maybe yeah. I think. wasn't it like 92 93 yeah machine? i think, no, no, the, I think the, tim machine, the tim machine debut was 1989 okay i i, I could have sworn it was around metallica's black album but hey and I, again like i i totally agree and one of the things i think happened in with that album is that I think people just saw it as some sort of like David Bowie kitschy move to say I'm in a band and really experimental and different. But anybody who liked heavy music at the time, I think they were skeptical of it because it was Bowie. Like you had to sort of really let it happen to you. And I got to say that was one of those memorable shows. And I've seen a ton of shows in my life was just watching these guys just tear up a stage. It was incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally authentic. So listen, we're, we're, we're thrilled to be back with Metal Raps. We're going to be back really soon. I know we've all committed to try and do these even more than we do. And so expect more nonsense from the three of us. As always, you can find me at, at Mitch Joel on Twitter or head over to notrouble.com forward slash groove to check out the podcast. Mark? 
Uh, yeah, numerous uh, social media platforms are probably the best place to reach me. I'm on them all. Why don't you hit me up on Facebook? Uh, my personal Facebook page is facebook.com slash mstriegel, M-S-T-R-I-G-L. Mitch? I like people that follow me at Twitter, so at uh, Mitch LaFawn is, is a great place to, to be. And uh, otherwise, just uh, Google Guns N' Roses, and I think my name comes up, so... You got some good SEO on that on that run. That's for oh, sure. Oh boy, oh boy, yeah, that was uh, that was certainly exciting. Uh, there you go. All so uh, at Mitch Lafon, thank you, folks. All right, everyone. We'll see you in the next episode of Metal Raps.